We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. More memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com NFL. Runners, welcome back. NFL Pick Six Show, week number four. Dean Shambleson, Rich Rebar, Sharpfoot Football Analysis. Uh, you know, from the worksheet as well. It's John Daigle from four for four. We're doing it. It's Wednesday night. We're live. You know what's going on, you know what's happening. You got to get here live. Why do you got to get here live? You got to join the listener league. And why do you have to join the listener league? Because if you finish first in that, you get yourself. Well, last week we did it, we ran it out there. And shout out to Cookie Monster Rules. Cookie Monster Rules. Uh, yes. Jump in the comment section. Uh, great name. Fabulous name. Jump in the comment section. Let us know. We'll get yourself. A, we're going to get you not one week, but a month. A month of Rotor Grinders Premium. Boss Man said, let's pump it up to a month. A month going forward. A month retroactive. So uh, we're going to drop that link in chat as well. We're also going to drop it in the pinned comments on YouTube. Uh, up to 100. We're going to 100. So, And if you're on the show, you, it doesn't matter. You, you can't win. So you have a 1 in 95 chance. It's 5 bucks to play as is. It's a standard contest on DK. First 10 get paid out. And as an additional perk, you get a month free of RG Premium. By the way, not just NFL, but all the sports, every single sport bang, you can bang. think of, with the exception of NASCAR. NASCAR happens to be a la carte. But even LOL and CSGO, which, Rich, I'm sure you're just, is that, are you in the LOL street? So the, the uh, CSGO, do you know what that is? 
Uh, I do, but I'm not in them them streets. Uh, no, we need to. <laughs> uh, we need to get like uh, like like Marvel Snap on there or something. Uh, then I then I can start playing that. But no, and I'm not in the LOL streets. You're a Marvel Snap sharp. I was in a, I don't know what Marvel <laughs> Snap is, but that sounds like fun. I just got I just got a PS5, and maybe I'll partake. I don't know if that's what I need for it, but uh, you got my interest. Spider Man's sure. coming out in a couple of weeks, Dean. Yeah, did I mess up not getting the Spider Man console? I could have spent a hundred. Oh, yeah, good furniture. Yeah, you definitely messed up. Eh, bad job by me, I suppose. I chose I chose poor. I almost bought a new one. I have PS5, and I almost bought a new one just to have it. Well, there you go. I guess I, I should have asked you, I suppose. It's John Daigle, Daigle of uh, 4 for 4 Sports. Daigle, welcome. Welcome to week four. How are things in your world? Everything's going well. Uh, this show still freshens me up in the middle of the week since Rich and I like pretty much try to turn everything around by Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. And fresh off of a week that kicked me in the head, Dean, we were talking behind the scenes about it being so obvious and so obvious weeks as I continue to tinker my own game and try to try to just keep up to date and continue learning more every single week. So obvious weeks are where I tend to overthink it or at least zig when everyone's going the same direction, which last week is an example of that not being the right move. Um, I wish I had known Justin Herbert was coming in at 7%. That would have changed my entire tune on that game, the Vikings and the Chargers. But we learn and we move on. Yeah, uh, I felt like I should have been more profitable last week, and I just basically, basically broke even. It was a rough week for your boy as well. And I, I think on this very show, I was being hyperbolic. I was being bold. I believe I said, hey, you know, the Dolphins are going to win by 30. I talked about their illegal home field advantage. <laughs> and I was wrong by 10 the wrong way. Like, I was wrong by 10 the other way. They won by 50. Just completely outrageous. The Dolphins are so, so fun. The most fun team in the NFL. Uh, that's obviously one of the games we're going to talk about. This is your first time here on the Pick 6 Show. What we do, we focus on the three main games on the main slate. We're not talking about Thursday or uh, what the, the Toy Story game that's going on with Atlanta and Jacksonville or nonsense that's going on there on Disney+. Plus. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah, there's, London games. there's London games this week. Uh, RIP, my West Coasters. Uh, <laughs> feel oh. pour one out, pour one out for you guys. Yeah, if it's a it's a Calvin Ridley re- revenge game. I'm sure the people are excited about that. For oh, sure. this is this is a big revenge game week. Oh, in general, Jameis Winston. We make a whole lineup of. Re- you can make a whole revenge game lineup. I think it's like <laughs> Thielen. Thielen's going against the Vikings. We can get him in. Brandon Cooks, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Jameis Winston. It's not a good lineup, but you can make a lineup for sure. It's definitely something you can do. Uh, it's not necessarily advisable. We focus on the main slate, the 12 main games, uh, and we're going to talk about Buffalo and Miami in a second. Rich, do you have any main takeaways from week three? I know we mostly looked forward. No, it was good. It's the same way as you. I mean, it was obviously a super high-scoring week. Uh, anytime the chalk hits, the chalk game hits, you know it's going to be a real high-scoring week for a lot of people. Uh, definitely got cute in a few spots. I got on Calvin Ridley real late on Saturday night too, with like when Derek Stingley was going to be out, I was start jamming, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley in some spots and that obviously didn't go well. He dropped the touchdown, but, uh, uh, we, we live and learn. We survived. We endure and survive, baby. We move on. All right, let's do it. Let's just jump right in and talk about the main game. The first main game on the slate. Uh, I'll throw it to you, Daigle. Daigle, uh, does has the honor of picking these games. I got it. When we get to game three, I did a little double take. I'm like, this is what we're talking about in game three, but it is, it's interesting. I don't know if it's going to be fun to watch, but certainly interesting. The third game, there's a little tease for the people, but the very first one, this should be a blast. Miami, the undefeated Dolphins head up to Buffalo. 53 and a half is the total Miami. Three point dogs, biggest total on the board by five points here, Daigle. 
where do we want to start? Do we want to just talk about how incredible this Dolphins offense happens to be? Waddle, I believe, is he out of the concussion protocol? I think he is. I assume that means we should expect him to play going forward uh, week uh, week four. But, uh, yeah, well, feel free to start where you want, but I, I just want to hear how spectacular the Dolphins are. They are good. It was also just a wacky game because the Broncos were so bad. Uh, Cortland Sutton, his two fumbles even. I've never seen someone run with the ball that unprotected in such a long time. Like <laughs> He was like trying to turn that ball over. Less than 30 seconds remaining in the half, and that dude turns it over in the side the Broncos 20. Just let Miami score yet again uh, with those last 27 seconds. It was wild across the board. And even then, they still won't play Marvin Mims. It's it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> uh, but let's, let's start with the Dolphins because they deserve to be started with. And I think for me, I come into the slate saying I have enough questions about Buffalo's defense to still have complete confidence in Miami's offense. Um, however, you want to stack them. Wherever you're trying to soak up their touchdowns between which positions – and even if you're trying to stack them with Tua. Buffalo has now created the fourth highest pressure rate and are tied with the Cowboys for the league lead in sack rate. But the three quarterbacks they've faced so far, Zach Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Sam Howell, all rank first, 11th, and 13th, above average rates and holding onto the ball before release this year. Whereas Tua is not only leading the league, with the quickest time from snap to throw. He's one of only six quarterbacks averaging nine air yards per target. So he's getting rid of it quickly and it's going downfield because of Mike McDaniel's scheme. So just given who the Bills have played so far, I think it's enough to question if they are capable of pressuring Tua and an offense that's literally revolutionizing football. Um, the biggest change since basically Patrick Mahomes revolutionized the game single-handedly uh, in this time. So I still like the Dolphins no matter how we want to swing it. The Dolphins killing it with speed. Mostert, Devin, A-Chan. It's A-Chan now. You score four touchdowns. You, you drop the Al Bundy game. You get uh, <laughs> you get Adam Schefter to go out there and tell the people, yeah, it's just so you know, going forward, it's A-Chan. Double Al Bundy game for this Miami backfield, which is outrageous mm -hmm. and unheard of. Four the, touchdowns. Miami's four names – Miami's names and rosters in general, we got to do something about this because Devon lost his apostrophe somewhere along the way from Texas A&M <laughs> to Miami. Uh, Robbie Anderson has like seven different names and no one can tell you what it is now. Uh, they were calling him Robbie Chosen. Last I checked, I thought yeah. it was legally Chosen Anderson, but I could be wrong. I, I do not know where to go with any of these guys now. Yeah, wasn't Robbie Chosen the guy that said we should have got to 100? Was he the one talking about that? <laughs> he should just I be mean, chosen, just just chosen, period. Like Prince, like just be chosen. Yeah. Sure, why hey, not? 100 was how many yards of separation he had over Patrick Sertain. Good grief, he just <laughs> ran right by him. Uh, somebody was trying to tell me that, uh, yeah, Sertan being on Hill, like Hill has a terrible matchup. I couldn't believe somebody was telling me that on Twitter. Like, how could you play Hill? It's like, well, he's going to get 90% of the targets for starters. Like, what okay. is this, 2010? We're talking about the like, quarterback <laughs> wide receiver matchup still? I, yeah, you know, I, I I abandoned that conversation pretty quickly. I'm like, all right, man, if you, <laughs> if you keep telling yourself this was a bad matchup for Hill and you did it the right the, way. The pick six will consistently fight against wide receiver quarterback matchups, running back snap rates, since touches matter more, and red zone. Well, two out of three well, of us will fight against red zone. <laughs> One of us still likes it. It's a democracy, so I guess I'm outvoted on red zone, I suppose. But I can't believe you guys know you're, you know you're in the. Uh, you oh know, yeah, uh, well, listen, America's wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> we only have it's already an hour and a half podcast, Rich. We do not have time to delve into that world. 
Um, yeah, so Buffalo defense was spectacular last week. They're supposed to be pretty good. Washington, man, a uh, lot, of, lot of sacks taken there. But this Miami offense is also just incredible. Uh, Rich, are we just assuming that, like, they're going to find a way to get the Buffalo? This is going to be a shootout. They're going to, you know, keep up their end, put up 25 points, give or take? We hope. Uh, that's what we want, right? Because, I mean, the, the, these teams played, you know, last year uh, around this time. It was in Miami. It, it wasn't, like, that uh, great of a game. It was low scoring. We talked about it last week a little bit. It was, like, one of those early season Miami games. Uh, where like Buffalo ran like 70 plays. Then they played again. I think it was after Christmas or right before Christmas. Maybe it was after Thanksgiving. Um, and they played a really good game. Uh, it was a night game. That's all I remember. Um, and that was it. But if you look at two, his, two games against the Bills last year, he was still second um, in quarterback rating against the Bills last year. They found a way to move the football in those games. So I do think they're going to move it here. Honestly, Bill Belichick and the Patriots only allowing 24 points to this <laughs> Miami team in week two. Like maybe that's proof Bill still has it. Like, right. I don't know, man. Like it's, it's going to be crazy when you look at the, the, the sample we have early in the season, like the Patriots actually kind of slowed them down a little bit. It seems like no one could. Uh, so we'll see what happens here. But I mean, you're not, you're, you're just into it. They have all they're the Madden roster, man. We've been talking about it for two years. This is how every person built their team in Madden. You sort her by one attribute. I'm going to get the fastest humans. I'm going to give them the football. And that's what Mike McDaniel's, you know, offense philosophy is. I mean, they're running plays. They're running plays where Tyreek Hill is coming in motion. You've got, you know, A-Chan, you know, running like an orbit look. They're giving it to Raheem Mostert. Like, like what the hell is going on, man? Like, all the, the all these humans are running 25 miles an hour. It's just absolutely wild. You see that picture of all the Broncos just, like, on the ground. They were just in hell <laughs> the entire game. Uh, it was crazy. And then on the other side, I mean, we've got the Bills. Like, quietly, the Bills are out the gates really strong too as well. I mean, they're second in the league in points per drive behind Miami. It's just that Miami just hung a 70 burger on a team and they're getting all this pub. But I mean, there was, uh, you know, some talk of like, you know, are the bills like taking a step back offensively after week one and they've come back and dropped a few dynamite games too. So hopefully we get a lot of fireworks in this one. Obviously everyone is relatively expensive. The dolphins are kind of a hard team to stack. And now with, the running backs kind of getting a boost here. Cause you talked about last week that Mostert was one of the better plays on the slate and he was wildly popular. And for him, it's like when the chalk running back drops four touchdowns, <laughs> like, you know, it's about to be wild. So um, yeah, but I think looking at this, you're looking at like the ancillary guys, right? Like who are the ancillary guys that can pop in this game? Because everyone is pretty expensive. So I'll tell you, I'm not playing. Uh, I should have known about Durham Smythe. Like, so I went on player profiler and that's not the end all be all. But I, did you guys happen to check this by chance? Player profile, his cop, no. Duran Smythe, former Dolphin, former Jets. I think he was like a former blocker, basically. I should have known right there. Uh, I saw Anthony Fasano, and I'm like, I don't want to roster a chalk Anthony Fasano, 2023 version of it. And I had some chalk Durham Smythe, and that did not that did not go well. Is that over? I assume, I mean, obviously that was in part because of Waddle being out. Hey. And we're assuming Waddle's back. We're, we're done with Smythe, though. Or is he still running a ton of routes? No, he he didn't even run the most tight end routes for his own team. They canceled him after two weeks. Said we're done with this. Um, also, Hill. like also without Jalen Waddle, it was still pretty condensed. That's the issue. Like Braxton Berrios picked up a couple first downs. River Craft got injured after his first catch, but it was Tyree Kill thirty nine percent of the targets, and then their running backs combined for thirty nine percent of the targets. That was it. So it was still a pretty whittled down target tree. Yeah, listen, Mike McDaniel gives the ball to the good players. Yes. Like, it's tried and true. <laughs> Are you good? Yes. Are you fast? Yes. You're getting the ball. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. They were never uh, going to start pumping River Craycalf with targets. Like, that wasn't going to happen. Oh, 
man, I fell for that one too. And he got hurt, so you never really know, but I was probably probably dead anyway with Craycraft. Uh, so, you know, what's interesting is I don't think these guys are going to get owned as far as the running backs, um, just because they're going to sort of eat off. Oh, most of it is, right? Like, there's no way. I don't know about that. As of right now, and again, this is Wednesday night, grain of salt, yada, 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 like three, 4% we're looking at. HN is what a, a one percentage point. There's a lot of running backs that are like 1K cheaper. I'm looking at DK for what it's worth. Uh, do you think most are? I just think this like- game will inherently get there. Like, right? If you're looking at like this yeah. early in the week, like ownership, I just think that this game in general will boost a lot of the players' like ownership because people are going to play the shit out of this game. But the game stack aside, dollar for dollar, do you think they're like good prices when you're when you're shopping around? Is it a good price on Mostert at six five? Is it a good price for HN at five seven? You're not getting those four touchdowns. You know, not HN's probably chasing a little bit, but I do think a Mostert at six five is fine because he's done it so many different ways for multiple weeks, right? I mean, even before like the touchdowns started coming in buckets, like he had had like five or six catches real early in that game. He's been, in, you know, he was he was involved in the pass game. Also, the interesting thing about Buffalo is like they give up splash play runs. Like they're really good against the run, and they did the same thing last year, and they're doing it again this year. Uh, where they're one of the top teams in terms of yards before contact allowed, allowing the fewest yards for contact. And they give up these huge runs uh, on the edges when their defensive backs, you know, have to make tackles. Um, they already are um, doing it again this year. And you saw like Brian Robinson had a long run last year. He just got scripted out of the game, but he had another long run. They're 31st in rate of runs allowed to go for uh, 10 or more yards, uh, the Bills. So when they give up runs, they're big runs. And that's what kind of this run game is built on. That was basically what Brees Hall did, 109 yards on his first two carries. Uh, don't look at what Brees Hall has done after that, but everyone is basically, yes, exploded against them. John, clean up the uh, the Dolphins, head over to the Bills. That's pretty much it. Well, we've wrapped up already. You can kind of pick your poison here since we know where the ball's going to go. Uh, I did think it was interesting that it was a timeshare in the first half before it was a blowout, even though it, kind of all was a blowout against the Broncos, <laughs> but yeah, a chain, a chain actually out carried most or 10 to seven in the first half. And then because like Rich said, most had six catches in the first half. He out touched a chain 13 to 11, but that's practically a timeshare in their backfield. And so. where were the beats? Where are the beat reporters on this? Like that's where like, you know, that's where some reporting would have been really cool. Right. Like during the week that like when, cause we knew Ahmed was going to be out. Like it wasn't like a surprise mm-hmm. that like a chain was active and like got some touches, but like, where was the reports? Because he was like a focal point. Like they were running actual scripted plays that were designed around his speed. Like, where was that during the week? Where was someone saying, like, hey man, like you know what the you know what the Dolphins are about to do Sunday? They're about <laughs> to involve this kid in the offense. Like we it was out of nowhere. Because I, I thought he was a fun prospect, but I was still skeptical of a 180-pound running back in the NFL, but the way they used him um, strictly on shotgun on the outside, scheming him those targets inside the 10 yard line with lots of protection, three screens as well. Like I don't even worry about his size in the NFL now because Mike McDaniel sets him up so well. So on the fly, I just pulled it up. Devin Achan, who was his best comp according to player profile? I was, I was curious. Um, One time, one of the best players in fantasy football for the Tennessee Titans not Henry, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Yeah. 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 That that is an interesting, an interesting cop. All right. Let's jump over to the Bills. Um, yeah. What, what do you have, John, as far as Buffalo? Is it a Gabe Davis week? Is this a week where you can get behind the defense? Is that something you can do? Can you get loose? 
Well, it's interesting because Mike McDaniel so far has had all the answers against previous matchups from last year. And this has to be one where he also is thinking we threw everything at Josh Allen last year and nothing really mattered. Uh, in, in their first game, they blitzed Allen in that humid cramp game that Rich was talking about with 74 dropbacks. They blitzed him on over 30% of his dropbacks, and he went nine yards per attempt with two touchdowns against the blitz. Then when they played again in week 15, they scaled it back. They only blitzed him on 17% of his dropbacks, and they played man coverage at the highest rate in any of any team in the league, and he just picked them apart. 13 yards per attempt and four touchdowns against man coverage. And so they went back to blitzing his face off in the wild card, and he still averaged nine yards per attempt with seven first downs and a touchdown. So I don't know right now, given how well their offense is, given how they performed against the Dolphins last year, if they have an answer either. Even under Vic Fangio this season, they've blended coverages. They haven't blitzed at a top 10 rate in any game just yet. And Allen is still just humming it along. So comfortable with him in this game. And at least we know the targets are still so top heavy. A lot like Miami, still sprinkling in ancillary players like Gabe Davis, for example, has gotten there with a touchdown in his last two games, but hasn't reached a 20% target share in any game just yet. Um, he hasn't dominated, whereas that's Stephon Diggs' department. Also, like you go to their tight ends because we want to play tight ends against this defense. They allowed five catches and a touchdown to the Chargers tight ends in week one. They allowed Mike Jasicki and Hunter Henry to combine for 11 catches, 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, we don't count Adam Troutman last week since he's not doing anything anyways. But <laughs> but you would think like, okay, well, maybe we want to come back here to Dalton Cade or Dawson Knox as one of those fun ancillary pieces. And so just like the Raiders game, I do think it's a good situation where maybe we can try to sneak Gabe Davis and Dawson Knox in if the field is going to go Diggs Kincaid naturally instead. I don't have the uh, route participation stuff up in front of me, but I do have Kincaid as far as just like snap count, John. Uh, 80% week one, 60% week two, 51% week three. He's going the wrong way. They uh, And yeah, the way they, they use him is terrible. Yes. They, he's, um, he's not used like – I don't – I have to it's, – it's so weird to watch some of these, these early draft picks and how they're being utilized, you know, a little bit with Jameer Gibbs too in Detroit. But Don Kincaid is getting no downfield targets at all. I mean, he's 3.4 air yards per target. Like, this isn't who he was in college. Um, it's really weird because, like, they, you know, they brought him in and they're going to run a lot more 12 personnel. He's supposed to be, you know, kind of like a seam stretcher, almost like a, an extension of, like, a, the 1.5, right? It's not supposed to be 12 personnel. It's supposed to be 11 and a half personnel. All his targets are, like, these little bunnies and these, and these pop passes, and it's really weird to see the way he's been utilized so far to, to, through three games. Rich, what do you have as far as Buffalo? And of course, you know I'm going to ask you. You only have one stack, one stack to make on a uh, on the slates. You're going to start with uh, this game, right? Are you starting with Allen or are you starting with Tua? Uh, in the world of the salary cap, Dean, like you always say, um, yeah. I guess Tua. I want. I think Allen is objectively the better play. He's just so expensive always. Um, he's he's been so good against Miami in his career. He's like literally their thorn. Uh, he's nine and two in, in 11 starts against the, the Dolphins. Um, and, and like Dago brought up all the stuff from last year. The last time Vic Fangio faced Josh Allen it, with the Broncos, Josh Allen put up 40 fantasy points against him, uh, 360 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, Vic Fangio is probably thinking about that game still too. Uh, I mean, 
I mean, Allen, I think, is like, because you get the rushing too. He's, he's still like the goal line back. Uh, you're still getting all that rushing equity. I, I mean, he's just more expensive. But I mean, I, I think probably Waddle's the guy that I think is the most interesting, right? Because, you know, people will get the digs through Allen and people will get through Tyreek just anyways, because he's literally on like one of the most dominant runs at wide receiver, you know, we've seen. He's now run 458 routes with two on the field since he's been to the Dolphins. He's averaging 3.74 yards per route run, 44% of team air yards, 35% target share per route run. Just for some context, 2021 Cooper Cup only averaged 3.12 yards per out run, 30% target rate per out run, 31.8% of the team air yards. Like if if Tua would have never got hurt last year, like, I mean, man, and it's a big what if, but like he would have he would have had just an insane season. And he's on this run now where he's the touchdown regressions come already to start the year because the one thing that didn't happen last year was he had trouble finding the end zone way below his career rate. And he's already got four touchdowns in three games. So I think people will get to him, but Waddle has like he doesn't have the target volume that Tariq has playing with Tua, but his splits are just like as good. Like and he's he's getting so many explosive plays. I mean, even this year, the target volume is in there. He's averaging twenty almost twenty one yards per catch. So you there is upside here too. And if he's going to go maybe a little overlooked, not everyone's going to go really overlooked in this game. But if he comes out to be kind of like the guy that gets kind of skipped over, uh, definitely want to get some him at him this weekend. Yeah, the only way this game gets overlooked is just the salary reasons. People right. are just going to want it. Rich, you mentioned Vic, Van- Vic Fangio. Uh, this is my question: like, how how stubborn of a defensive coordinator is he? Like, is he willing to change his ways, or is his way is his way, and that's that? This is our scheme. Come beat it, and Allen's beaten it. Uh, like he he knows he gave up forty or forty fantasy points. Like he probably doesn't know that. He probably doesn't know he gave up forty <laughs> fantasy points. He, know, he knows with a lot of stats though, so they probably equal <laughs> fantasy points. My point is, like, is he going to try to, like, change? Uh, or is just his strategy is his strategy, and that that's basically it. We're going to run, the, what is it, cover two he runs? Hey, you know, he's like a cover four guy, you know, okay. cover, cover six. He runs a lot of quarters. Uh, so that's typically his demo. They, he's never been a, a, a guy that's blitzed a lot in the Bills, even before, you know, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier. They were not a big blitzing team either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just I think that they're going to do what they do uh, pretty much. Uh, it's, it's not going to work. It seems it seems very reminiscent of the Chargers Vikings game last week, where you can kind of pick your poison. You probably got to get a little weird. Uh, Dink won the big contest on DK last week with Justin Herbert double stack and Alexander Madison running it back. A couple other you know low percentage plays mixed in, but it just seems like kind of that where we need to figure out running it back with a running back or just figuring it out that way. Your favorite piece in this game, John? And I guess I'll ask the same question. Do you agree? Ideally, obviously, for the salary, it's probably Allen, but we're not really sure how much the, the salary is going to be squeezed. Certainly, it's tricky to figure out a Wednesday night as far as what value is going to be out there. But do you have a clear and obvious side or, you know, both look pretty good to start? I think my two pieces to start with are Josh Allen and Raheem Mostert, and then I try to piece it together from there. Gotcha. All right. Let's move on to game two. Game two, I believe this is the second highest total on the board. It is 48.5 total right now. We got Vegas at the Chargers. Chargers, what a five and a half point favorite. Eckler uh, practiced uh, partially, uh, you know, a partial practice on a Wednesday night. We're definitely going to keep our eyes on that. I guess we're kind of sort of somewhat hoping he plays just so we don't look at Josh Kelly anymore. If he doesn't play, uh, Keenan Allen might break the all time reception record by week like three or four or wherever we're at. He's on pace. He's going to do it, boys. If he stays healthy, obviously Big Mike 
Uh, Mike Williams is donezo for the year. That's a big bummer. Um, yeah, by the way, is that is that live? I think 149. I was looking at this the other day. 149 is the all-time receptions lead uh, in a season. Uh, that was uh, Thomas for hey, New Orleans. Uh, just health, right? If, if Keenan Allen stays healthy and plays 16, 17 games. Yeah, because um, the defense is garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I guess it's, it's, one of the reasons. It's, a, it's, a, it's a bananas every week there. The Chargers are the, you know, this is like why everyone wanted to circle that game. It was the two carnival teams, right? Like they're, it was going to get there. And the Raiders defense is just bad. So we could have it again. We just need Garoppolo to play. I feel weird saying we need Garoppolo to play. Yeah. Who is their backup again? Why am I blanking? Brian Hoyer. Oh, the former Patriot. And everyone wants them to start Aiden O'Connell because he played, he was like the preseason hero, but he hasn't been active yet so far uh, this season. Um, it's It's been Hoyer's been the QB2, but man. The last two starts Brian Hoyer made, he got benched, which tells you exactly what you need to know. <laughs> for who? Yeah, for Stidham was one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a COVID Stidham game. Was- yeah, I remember that against the Chiefs. Oh man, it's funny because I think I think we'll talk about it later on in the show. But we kind of sort of uh, want uh, we want Bryce Young to sit, I think, right this week, which is a yeah. weird thing to say. But it looks like he's going to play. We want Andy Dalton and Jimmy Grapple to play on this slate. <laughs> we we actually do, yes. <laughs> and the year again is twenty twenty three. Um, all right, yeah. So uh, John, feel free to start wherever you want to start when it comes to the Chargers. And the Raiders, and if you want to do speculation and Eckler, by all means, go for it. But you know, it's we're only it's Wednesday night. We don't really know. Again, we do need Garoppolo here. We'll see because concussion protocol. The way it's kind of gone since last year is that you're basically guaranteed to miss the next game. Uh, but if we get some pushback, if we get Garoppolo or Aiden O'Connor for whatever reason, uh, Rich already mentioned it. The Chargers defense has been absolutely atrocious. They're one of only two defenses allowing over 130 receiving yards per game from the slot and one of only two defenses allowing 120 receiving yards per game from the boundary. They're just getting beat wherever the hell you want to beat them from. Not only that, but we like in our shootouts to have honed in target trees and doesn't get more honed in than Jacoby Myers and Devontae Adams, because in the two games they've played together, they've literally soaked up 73% of the Raiders targets. It just doesn't go anywhere else, but those two, and then you can sprinkle in Josh Jacobs for around 11%. And that's about it. So whether it's Adams or Myers in this game, both seem like intriguing options. Um, I guess we're probably asking, are they just as intriguing from Brian Hoyer? I don't know. Let's see how salary works out. I mean, Devontae Adams, he had a 30-burger against the 49ers at Stidham last year. Um, I don't think we're writing him off. He's already bummed, by the way. He's he's, he's, he's tired of losing. He's got no patience. And understandably so. It's got to be frustrating being in this team that's pretty terrible. And I don't know if he's trying to, like, you know, motivate a trade of any sort or he's just kind of venting after another rough game. Did you guys catch that comment? I don't know if you saw that, Rich, or not. But, I mean, what's he going to do? He's going to keep playing, I suppose, and we'll see. Uh, I assume he's going to stick on this team for, you know, at least for this week. That's all that matters. It's the FS. We care about this week and this week only. But is Michael Mayer just not a thing, or it's just like he's a rookie tight end and it takes time to develop? Because I was told he was a part of this great, incredible rookie class, which some guys have excelled so far. And it's early. It's small samples. But as of right now, uh, Mayer is just a – is it Mayer or Meyer? I'm not sure. I guess he's Meyer's not, not playing, playing, right? He's not playing Wait. is what it, what it is. Yeah. Oh, he's just not even on the field. No, yeah, I mean, he's not playing a lot. He's, you know, basically splitting with Austin Hooper, um, <laughs> not getting on the field is the whole thing. Like, you know, we've got some of these guys that like we talked about. Kincaid's, like, been largely on the field. Musgrave is just 
in like the Kyle Pitts role where like he can't get like a, a non-target pass from Jordan Love. Um, Laporta. And when Laporta is just going ham. But Mayer is like not on the field. Like he's just not playing right now. He's just not getting enough snaps. He you got to see what you have in Austin Hooper in the year 2023, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Is that what's going they, on here? They put Mayer on the field for a two-point conversion, and he converted it. But yep. uh, outside of that, yeah, we just basically haven't seen him on the field for the Raiders. Uh, fair enough. Uh, I guess the most interesting, one of the more interesting talking points in this game, Rich, is who's going to step up in the absence of Mike Williams. You know, Josh Palmer was well behind Quint, uh, I'm sorry, well in front of Quinton Johnson, basically since you know the beginning, right? And last week uh, played out that same way as well. People want. Uh, you know, quitting to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen just yet. Maybe at some point he unseats him during the season, but I think we're going to assume that it's going to be Palmer still going forward. You tell me. And then I've heard rumblings possibly of two tight end sets. Uh, they have Everett and Parham. Parham mm-hmm. totally sucked out last week. Uh, two catches for two touchdowns, like six yards. And yeah, I mean, good for him. Uh, but he might get a little more work this week. Uh, yeah. Talk about the Chargers. And uh, I guess that's, I mean, obviously we know who Allen is. Allen Spectacular is going to get 20 targets. Yeah, and for this game too, you know, remember Eckler's been out and that was literally giving us like that condensed target tree for the first time for the Chargers because Josh Kelly doesn't command targets from the pass game. So if Eckler's still out, then I mean, these targets that Big Mike was getting, like the, obviously Keenan Allen just going to keep he had 20, so he's going to keep getting more, but <laughs> they have to go somewhere else because it's not like Josh Kelly's going to come out and have eight targets in this game. Uh, Palmer has been kind of the immediate next guy up. Obviously, he's familiar with the team. He So far this season, he's run a route on 97% of the team dropbacks with Mike Williams off the field uh, going back to last year. It's been, that rate was 93%. And then last year with Big Mike off the field and Keenan Allen on the field, which is the scenario we have now, because we obviously know they missed a bunch of time together last year, he's received Palmer, that is 21% of the team targets. He's been targeted on 19% of his routes. Um, big picture, I do think Quentin Johnson is like the, the longer play. Uh, you know, they, they drafted him in the first round, let him get acclimated. What we'll see down the stretch, what happens for this particular week, he's probably not going to still play as many snaps as Josh Palmer. Doesn't mean he can't hit where he is. I mean, the Raiders are just uh, as bad of a defense as the Chargers have been, especially through the air. So there's opportunity here for him to still kind of hit while people look at that 4K Josh Palmer and, you know, their eyes get, get all glowing. Uh, that, you know, we just get a big play. He's a, he's a great tackle breaker. Uh, it's funny is, you know, he actually, a lot of people were talking about like he was going to be like the eight out lifter for Justin Herbert, but that's not what he was at TCU. He wasn't really a downfield threat. He was more of a really, you know, a guy that was running like a lot of drags, getting the football in his hands and breaking a lot of tackles. He's a huge dude uh, and was really good with the football. Uh, let's see if the Chargers can incorporate him that that way too. So Eckler being out is kind of the first key. And then, like you said, do they start to then mix in like maybe like a Gerald Everett as like an extended slot with Parham? Parham's just been like their goal line back since, you know, basically the start of the season. He's got uh, – he leads all tight ends in targets in the end zone so far. Uh, four, four have come in the red zone of his seven targets, a team high three in the actual end zone. He also drew a penalty on another one uh, back in week one that Eckler then punched in the next play. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to start. Obviously, you just you, – you look to get Keenan Allen in. And, and this is not just the Keenan Allen, like, start of the season. This goes back to last year. Uh, his, his past nine games played – He's been a wide receiver one score in six of his past nine games. He's outright led the position in scoring three of those nine weeks. Um, This isn't just like a start of this year thing. And then the the Raiders are getting absolutely murked by opposing wide receivers. Uh, 31st in catch rate allowed to wide receivers, 24th in yards per target. They're allowing the league high touchdown rate 
to the position. So there's opportunity, especially if Eckler's out for, for kind of a lot of the pieces here. Keenan Allen is actually averaging more fantasy points per game than Tyreek Hill. Like, think about that yeah. for a second. That's how good he's been. He threw a touchdown. Yeah, the the, the, the touchdown pass last week, too, with him. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned the A-dot lifter. I know that was a big uh, point that they were talking about last year as far as Herbert, for whatever reason, his A-dot was not that far. He's got, like, this ridiculous arm, and it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't really check because out. Because it's not a quarterback stat. Depth of target's not a quarterback stat. It's the play- players oh, earn targets. And okay. when you're when when your top two targets are a running back and a slot wide receiver, your ADAT's not going to be high. In week one, his ADAT wasn't good because Austin Eckler played. And Keenan, you know, yeah. and Eckler's been out the last two weeks. It's gone up because other guys get the football. Uh, when you don't throw, when you don't have to throw your running back, you know, fifteen percent of the targets. Guess what your ADAT looks like? It, it starts to climb. That was a lot like going back to the off season. People saying they wanted to draft Gerald Everett. When the argument is like, one, we know Keenan Allen and Mike Williams weren't healthy last year, but two, how does Gerald Everett earn targets whenever Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler are healthy and Quentin Johnston? Uh, It's just kind of arguing yourself into a circle. How much of a hit does Allen take if Eckler plays? All of a sudden, Eckler is going to get, what, six, seven, eight, nine targets, whatever it is. And Kelly would play, would get, I don't know, two or three or something. I'm no, I, I mean, listen, Allen's yeah. going to have a robust target share. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you, you can yeah. say like he goes from, you know, what, low 30s to like high 20s, but it's the other guys, right? It is the Everett's, it's the Palmers, the Quentin Johnstons that then get squeezed. John, you have a favorite dart amongst, you know, all things considered, Everett's, Parham, Palmer, Johnston. And I guess probably better to answer, assuming Eckler is not playing because there's a little more upside there. And the Chargers bye week is next week. Uh, He mentioned that that's not on his mind, but the fact he mentioned it probably tells us it's on his mind. So I'm assuming he's out. And if so, it's ugly. I understand that. But I think it's kind of like a play like Jerome Ford last week in a bad matchup. You just take a chance on touches. I don't mind going back to Josh Kelly. Not saying I'll be overweight on him, even though – even though everyone is going to give that reaction and already be disgusted. Uh, but at least for at least we could say, okay, well, this dude just had 86% of their backfield touches. I understand it was only 12 touches. I get it. But the Raiders also, just like the Chargers, as much as they're getting beat through the air, maybe you don't have to run against them. Maybe they continue not running at all since they're having so much success, the Chargers through the air as well. But the Raiders are still allowing the ninth highest explosive run play rate, runs of 10 plus yards. So... I don't know. For tournaments at his price, I don't mind going back to Kelly. Uh, Rich, I, I just I think of that quote, though, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. <laughs> well, ain't never going to fool me again. Or I can't remember how it was butchered. But, man, this is like the third time now for Kelly. I know one game was Tennessee <laughs> and whatever. Tennessee's a brick wall, whatever. But six-point home favorite. You just play the blind spot. I mean, that's the, the only argument I can make for Josh Kelly is literally it'd be a blind spot play because – Anytime you yeah. have the what the second highest game total on the slate, and you've mm-hmm. got a home favorite of almost the six what six points is right now, um, you would just blind play that spot. You know, we were in the same bucket with Rashad White kind of in week two, right? Like no one thinks Rashad White's good, but he was you know a, a five and a half point home favorite against the Bears, and you just say like whatever, I'm going to play the spot. Just just don't look yeah. that. Josh Kelly has turned his last 25 touches into 56 yards. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to make any Ignore that part. I'm not going to make any pro Josh Kelly the player argument. 
Um, I'm just Rich, saying from favorite... a theoretical game theory stance, that would be a spot that like just objectively would be conducive for running back production. But what if he also comes with ownership? Is kind of my question, and who knows where it's going to settle. But that's that's kind of my issue. Like if pe- if everybody says no, that stinks. I'm going to run away. Right. Then okay, maybe. But if people are that's still what I'm assuming. Back, uh, on this slate in particular, I don't know though because. He's what the same price as Jerome Ford. He's the same price as Javante Williams, who is already tracking to be really popular this week. He's the same price as Najee Harris, who's in a good spot as well. And nobody, everyone hates, but uh, people might get there to him on him this week as well. Um, there's a lot of company he keeps at his price. It's not like he's the only guy like standing out in his price zone. Miles Sanders of 5'8, I think, is going to get some ownership too, because it's Minnesota. You mentioned the Carnival of Minnesota. Um, yeah, and people don't like Miles Sanders, but I think they'd like to pick on Minnesota more. They don't like Miles Sanders, I think. But uh, all right. and, and who was your favorite, uh, you know, Rich, your favorite dart amongst the, the options there outside of Keenan Allen? Um, you know, can feel free to bring the tight ends in as well. Everett, Parham. Like, Parham's 2-8. Like, what do you really need out of your tight end at 2-8? I'm not saying to chase the two touchdowns, obviously, but, you know, if he gets three catches, yeah, uh, for 15 yards and a touchdown, I think you're okay with that. Um yeah, amongst Palmer, Johnston, Everett, Parham, your favorite amongst that group, uh, Rich? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to play Keenan Allen, and then I guess if we get cute, you know, maybe go Johnston if, you know, everyone's going to flock to the 4K Josh Palmer. But, I mean, obviously, objectively, Josh Palmer is going to run a lot more routes than Johnston will. All right, game three. Shout out to Notum in the chat. Notum in the chat says, because I teased it before, I'm like, game three, I can't believe this is the game we're going to be talking about. He says, it's going to be the Bears. It is the Bears. Uh, Denver at the Bears, uh, 46 total. How bad do you have to be, honestly? Uh, you, you're, you're facing a team that just got walloped. They just got a 70 dropped on them. You're at home, and you're still three-and-a-half-point dogs. It opened at two-and-a-half, and the better said, please let me bet on the team that just got actually walloped by 70 points. I'm begging to bet on Denver. Let's raise that line three and a half. Uh, John, you're you're uh, you're still in Chicago. You're in Chicago now. Yes, I am, and it's a complete meltdown between the Bears <laughs> having no coaching. You can't call it the worst coaching job ever because we are in the past few years we've seen Urban Meyer, Joe Judge, and Nathaniel Hackett. So, you, but it is on par with that grouping. It's atrocious. <laughs> Not to mention. Uh, last night, Dean, I don't even, I don't watch baseball, but even like watching the news as an old soul, you couldn't help but run away from that Cubs play in the outfield to the Braves last night. It was just on repeat on every single show in Chicago. Well, uh, I'm really curious to hear, I went to you first because I know you're a Chicago guy. Um, you're probably hearing all lo- local talk radio. I'm sure if you're into such thing is really roasting uh, the Bears these days, rightfully so. Oh, yeah. I want to hear your angle in this game because I I genuinely don't know. Like, I've, Anything goes. I, I would not be shocked by, like, if this game was 33-32, if it was 13-10. Like, nothing would surprise me in this game, and I'm curious what angle you're working. That both defenses can't stop the opposing offenses. For the Broncos, yeah. at least, it hasn't been the offense's problem. Uh, they're at least, although Rich even discussed last week about them being a team that may regress given their scoring rates, at least they're still putting up the ball. Uh, Russell Wilson has still been over 300 yards in back-to-back games, uh, even though it's been garbage time essentially to get there and plus a Hail Mary in week two. But they're still doing their part. It's the fact that the Bears now, Justin Fields has 24 carries on the year, and even with that, 
He hasn't finished any higher than a QB 12 in any game. That's how atrocious that offense and that coaching has been. But we at least think it's a spot where maybe they can have success here since everyone has success against the Broncos. Uh, Garoppolo, Sam Howell, and Tua completed 75% of their passes collectively against Denver. That's how bad this past defense has been. Not that you're even trying to stack Justin Fields, even though we are fresh off 11 carries for him. There was no rhyme or reason to those 11 carries. It just seems like they were just throwing shit at the wall, hoping it sticks. It wasn't like they were actually designing runs for him. Um, but still, it's a high total. And given the overall big picture of the slate, I think that's what we kind of compare it to and why we talk about this game. Because for the Rams and Colts, there are skinny stacks opportunities everywhere. But do we want to get to their quarterbacks? We still waiting on Anthony Richardson and concussion protocol. And then, as we mentioned, we may not get Andy Dalton. If it's Bryce Young, that's a totally different game as well. So this is just one that stands out, given that we at least know the players in the game. Rich, uh, what do you gravitate to here? Denver, Chicago. I think uh, I'll tell you right now, Javante Williams is really popping in models. Mm -hmm. uh, he's 5'5 on DK. Cortland Sutton seems like a pretty good price at 5'3. He was really, really close to having a big game last week, despite you know them getting absolutely shellacked versus Miami. But what, what's the first thing that pops for you, Denver, Chicago? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Bears, uh, it's funny because the Bears the offense versus the Broncos defense is the ultimate like stoppable force versus movable <laughs> optic matchup. What, what wins out, you know? Because, I mean, the thing with, with Fields, and I was down on Fields heading into the season uh, for fantasy because there was just no way he was going to have this explosive run rate that he had, right? Like he had the most rushing yards in NFL history for a quarterback on runs of 20 or more yards in a season last year. Uh, he had more yards on 20 or more yard, 20 plus yard runs than Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts put together last year. And like, that just wasn't sustainable because he's as a passer, he's doing the same shit he did last year. You're just not getting all those long touchdown runs. Uh, so he hasn't made that jump. And that's why the fantasy scores haven't followed though, because you're not getting all that, all that, all those long touchdown runs from him. Um, but so like, it's really hard to have faith and go back to him, right? Like you could definitely make the argument for Denver. Maybe he ends up popping, but I'm more interested in the Russell Wilson side of this for sure, where he's priced. Um, so Wilson had his worst outing last week, uh, but here's the thing: it it would have been his fifth highest score last year. <laughs> so like, there is a lot better floor than we're getting, you know the you know for, from Russell Wilson this year. He's, he's just got to put a whole game together. It's been like literally a tale of two halves for him the entire season. In the first half of games this year, he leads the NFL in passer rating. He's completed 77% of his first half passes, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. It happened again on Sunday in the first half, 16 to 24, 193 yards and a touchdown. And then in the second half, seven to 14, uh, the interception. Um, but in the second half, he's 32nd and now three games. It's consistent all three weeks. He had the Hail Mary kind of bail him out in week two. But 55% completion rate, six yards for pass attempt, the one touchdown pass, that was the Hail Mary. So he just needs to put a whole game together. But when you look at the Bears, this is not just, again, another small sample. This goes all the way back into Matt Eberflus's tenure. The Bears have now lost 13 games in a row. Over those 13 games, they have allowed 25 or more points in every single one of those games. It is tied for the longest streak in NFL history, which happens to be owned by the 1963-1964 Denver Broncos. So the Broncos have a chance to get themselves out of the record books here with 25 or more points against this Bears team. Uh, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, 
had over nine yards for pass attempt against this Bears team. Obviously, they faced Patrick Mahomes last week. So, like, it's funny, though, is Patrick Mahomes had actually the fewest yards for pass attempt against the Bears out of those three guys. They have one sack through three games. Like, it's, I mean, Russell Wilson, I think, is the move, especially if everyone's going to go to Javante Williams, too, right? Like, you're getting instant kind of leverage, too, as well. So, uh, man. Can't believe we're gonna do a Broncos country like that. <laughs> yeah, is Javante separating himself enough from Samaje uh, P Ryan at this point, or it's still it's kind of a timeshare still, right? Like I don't, I mean, he's, it's sort of built in, right? It's built into the price, but uh, is he getting enough? Basically, what I'm asking, Rich, is, is to justify him being super popular. Uh, he had seven of eleven backfield touches in the first half last week before, like you know, it, it all just like fell to garbage. Uh, but we haven't seen it yet. He's been slowly working his way into like distancing himself to making P Ryan at least a uh, passing down back. But man, I yeah. still can't shake out a couple weeks ago when they just like threw Jaleel McLaughlin for like a random carry at the five. Like I just have a hard time. Like, like what's the stop Sean Payton from doing some weird stuff, man? Because and, and after you after you give up seventy points, like all hands are on deck, right? Like anything could happen for the Broncos this game. And we're still seeing like him, Brees Hall. Josh Jacobs, who had 390 plus touches last year, like we're still seeing them shake off the rust. That's the thing. It's like Javante Williams hasn't been explosive either. He got there in the first half last week or in the second half last week. He had a carry over 10 yards, but he's still averaging just four less than four yards per carry. He's averaging four yards per touch. He's turned 12 targets this year into 42 receiving yards. Um, although he's getting the touches when they're competitive and they haven't been competitive much. The thing is, like, he's just not been explosive either. And so you have to go back to the Achilles tear last year. Oh, man. I'm just looking at the pieces in this game. Like, Sutton seems like the most obvious one. You could play Judy Shore. Uh, but we even Sutton, about pre- like, because Sutton had the Rorschach game last week. He, he actually had season highs last week. 11, 11 targets, 8 catches, 91 yards. But then he has, like, two of the worst plays that directly lead to Miami touchdowns. And you have this other guy in Marvin Mims who clearly needs to get more snaps. Like it's it, the Broncos are zero and three, right? Like when do these like who's getting traded on this team, right? Like so it's like Sutton even safe. Like is moving forward. Like does does he lose playing time after what what happened Sunday? It's tough when you give up seventy points and like the uh, every like no nobody's safe, right? Like nobody's safe. They're gonna That's bench what, Sutton. Like I understand what you're saying. He was terrible. You think they're just gonna bench him? And no, but I'm just saying. But I'm saying. To fix all yeah. this, right? I'm not saying they're going to bench him. I'm saying clearly Marvin Mims has to get more snaps, right? He leads the team in receiving yards, and he's run 27 routes. Yeah, he's run 20. He leads the team in receiving yardage, and he's had a, and he's got a 100 yard kickoff return. <laughs> but <laughs> but he has to play. He needs to get more snaps. That's why in this spot, I genuinely don't mind just speculative rostering him with Russell Wilson and seeing like then what kind of offensive stacks I can build with Bills and. Dolphins combined into it. Uh, it wasn't just Cortland Sutton either. They the Broncos scored two touchdowns, but Brandon Johnson's holding or pick plays negated those touchdowns too. So this ha- these things have to be in the back of Sean Payton's mind. Maybe they aren't, but am I willing to find out for thirty nine hundred Marvin Mims? Maybe so. Marvin Mims will play the blank most route or will run the blank most routes. Like what what percent? Like what number is he going to? Where is he going to finish the podium? Maybe even finish on the podium. Gold, silver, bronze, or how? Well, where is he at as far as route uh, routes run for Denver this week? Where, where, where are we at? I mean, we're assuming rational coaching, right? We, we, but where, we where haven't. Are we, going 
we haven't reached 30 percent yet so like let's get them a little bit over that i then... will say this we're recording this on a wednesday obviously it's early but jerry judy did not practice today so keep tabs on that okay, okay. which means a little jordan humphrey <laughs> unleash him <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, brandon johnson it's really it really is wild uh and like you said, I'm they're, saying, if you're gonna, they're 0 and 3. This regime has no ties to Judy or Sutton, right? Like, they, they have, like, it, something could happen. It's, I know the NFL never does fun stuff and like guys don't get moved in season, but maybe if there was ever a time, it makes sense for a couple of these guys in the Broncos to get traded. It's like last week against the Dolphins. I know Russ didn't get us there last week because Tua and Herbert ended all lives, but. Yes, Russ just needs to be talked about anytime he's under 6K because they're just not moving his salary on either sites. You know, Russ always has like that, uh, I don't want to say phony, but like that positive attitude, right? You know, it's he's just very Russ. Uh, whatever it is, right? What, I, like, yeah. what, do you, what does he say to the team at the end of this game? Like, what, I want to know, was he doing stuff in the, you know, on the plane ride home? Like, doing, this like, this one actually things? wasn't on him, man. Like, it's... Yeah. No. <laughs> Is this uh, this is like there's several 0 and 3 games, right? We have uh Chicago's 0 and 3, um, Denver's 0 and 3, but I think what's the other 0 and 3 game I was looking at? Was it Carolina? Is Carolina versus uh, Minnesota, right? Vikings, Vikings, Vikings and Carolina, Vikings, yeah. yeah. Vikings, Panthers, which we probably would have talked about if we knew Bryce Young we wasn't absolutely playing. would have. All right, the we'll still talk about some pieces still, but yeah, yeah, we run it back if this is our first time. Where have you guys been? If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we run it back. Uh, give our favorite plays position by position in just a second after we knock out the top three games. We're also going to talk about our movie bets. If you guys are not aware, if you somehow missed it. Um, yeah. Uh, producer Steve had assigned us to what uh, we watched Space Jam. I watched Space Jam for the very first time in my life. And I probably was the only one in this podcast that had never seen it before. We have thoughts. We'll discuss it later on in the show. I'm also going to delegate out a movie to you guys this week. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and drop that link in chat. I promised it before. Going to drop the Listener League in chat, we're giving now a month, a month free of RG Premium if you finish first or just the first amongst everybody that's participating that does not work in the show. It's uh, 100 people, so you're like one in 95 shot to get yourself one month free of RG Premium. And it's like a regular contest, just $5 to jump in that contest on DK. Let me go ahead and drop it in chat. I assume it's going to sell out quicker this week. Okay, uh, John, anything else? Final thought as far as Denver-Chicago? I want to throw up talking about this game. It's so bad. But, you know, in theory, there's something here. That's about it for me. I wish I had more confidence in Sutton since since Judy returned. Maybe his target share is lacking because he's still been trying to recover from his injury since Sutton does have a 28% target share the past two games. And he's that was the argument last week of playing him at 5,100 on DraftKings is that he's still severely underpriced compared to Judy. So you just take the cheaper teammate. He's only 5,300 this week. But again, who do we have confidence in? That's what I'll try to be sifting through throughout the rest of the week. I mean, none of these guys outside of Javante Williams look like they're going to make anyone's like cash core anyways. So yeah, yeah that seems to be the case. Uh, if we sold you on how exciting. And also Javante Williams as a cash core guy seems pretty flimsy too. Mm-hmm. It does. It does. <laughs> There's some guys in the mid tier that I think you can make an argument for over and this stuff is fluid as the week progresses. But if we excited you about the prospect of watching uh, Denver uh, and Chicago, you don't have to watch it on your TV. You watch it in person, be a ticket master. Uh, more memories are made when you're there live for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster, they got you covered. The official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster, they give you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree 
previews of your section to make sure you have the best view for those pivotal plays, for those Cortland Sutton drop passes, for those Cortland Sutton fumbles. And if your plans happen to change, if you say, wait a second, why do I want to go see Denver, Chicago? Uh, Ticketmaster, they give you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets, they make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your ticket, your Ticketmaster app to wrap your favorite team colors. At the second right now, we have Bears people trying to change their colors on the Ticketmaster app for sure. Find tickets uh, today. Find your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. Okay, some favorite quarterbacks we have that we've not yet discussed that are on the main slate. John, go. That was some good improv, by the way. Thank you. And then... <laughs> Also, I actually only have really one other player right now in my quarterback pool. We've talked about a few players. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is interesting. I'm going to wait and see what happens with the market about that game. But we were attacking Philadelphia's secondary prior to them running into Baker Mayfield. And there were some things that were, went wrong. He was he turned into old Baker, but like there were some drop first downs along the way. Even Mike Evans had a big drop third down early in the game. But if we think maybe we can get some volume from Sam Howell, and I understand Jalen Carter against Sam Howell, who's taking the league's highest sack rate at quarterback right now. No one else is over 13%. Sam Howell's at 16%. Uh, maybe we don't get the volume that we think we're getting. But it seems like, after Cousins and Mac Jones finished as the QB2 in fantasy in weeks one and two against the Eagles secondary, I wonder if Baker Mayfield just kind of threw everyone off. Um, again, maybe it doesn't matter for Sam Howell, but if we think we're going to get some push from the commanders somehow, some way, against an Eagles secondary that is a sieve and they've, they are a pass funnel, then maybe I can sneak Jalen Hurts in with A.J. Brown. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you on mute? Ah, I am on mute. Oh, yeah. Bad job by me. Who's I was like, oh, I was like, oh, you hate the Jalen Hurts call that much. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. Hurts is spectacular, obviously. Uh, love him. It's just a matter of salary for sure. Rich, what do you have as far as some of your favorite quarterbacks you've not yet mentioned? 
Yeah, I think we walked through most of the guys I really want to play as like core guys between, you know, Allen, Herbert, Tua, and then Russ. Uh, I will say, uh, I think Brock Purdy is still tremendously undervalued. Crazy pricing. Uh, you know, the Cardinals under Jonathan Gannon have really been a really passive defense. They've blitzed uh, at the 31st highest rate. They played man coverage at the 25th highest rate. They pressured the opposing quarterback just 27th in the NFL. I mean, the only quarterback that has been better when not pressured than Brock Purdy this season is Tua. Uh, he's 44 of 56 when he hasn't been pressured, 9.7 yards for pass attempt. Um, it, like, it's it's just there for him. He's, I just think he's trying to underpriced. He's now thrown multiple touchdown passes in eight of his nine regular season games uh, going back to last year. He just is a, just a tremendous value still. He just keeps getting there and producing value at, at the salaries he's at. Um and I probably will at least make a, you know one borough team, at least a few borough teams. Actually, we just got. I mean, listen, the, the the Titans were the elixir for Deshaun Watson. Why the hell can't they be it for Joe Burrow? We well, threw the ball like fifty times last night, or was it Monday night? I suppose. All out of shotgun time. too. Ninety-eight percent in the shotgun. They didn't have him turn his back to the defense at all. They're moving. We'll talk about Chase though, but like that. I mean, I think that he's probably going to throw it 40, 40 plus times in this game for sure. The thing with Purdy, and obviously you know this too, but like they're fourteen point favorites, and how much you know it could be the same deal we saw at Mahomes last week, just kind of chilling. Score thirty points every game. Yeah, yeah, and shout out to Arizona for like you know people say Arizona's tanking, like they're playing hard and they beat the Cowboys. Shout out to them, and also uh, not shout out, but to the Arizona marketing department, whoever is in charge of making jerseys. Did you happen to see this? You guys happen to see this? Uh, they sent out the. Like the marketing team was, was uh, Josh Dobbs, the uh, the scientist, was uh, trying to get his own jersey in the machine that you make your own jersey. Not available. Like the putter's available, the nose guard's available. There's no Josh Dobbs jersey available. And he's playing his butt off this year. He's trying his best. He just got he there. Is. What do you want from the guy? playing great. Um, all right. Uh, is that it for uh, – by the way, did we not mention – did nobody mention uh, Richardson? Are we not we, 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 we did in passing about he's still in protocol, so we're wait, just waiting. Obviously, people will play him. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean Wednesday night, who knows? But it, it feels like he's going to play this week. And if we can get four quarters out of him against the Rams, I know the defense is playing a little better than we expected. But we expect him to be like – And his, his concussion is interesting because, remember, he self-reported it. Yeah. He also, um, like, he kind of – this is why Lamar told him to stop taking so much hits because when that hit came during his rushing touchdown, he's the one that kind of leaned into it rather than trying to avoid it. Uh, he's still like recklessly running out there. But Dean, you All got right. you got chalk Zach Moss now in that game. You you made Zach Moss <laughs> like dude. I you know we we rank players every week. Got to rank guys on the site and like run, running back has obviously died. You know Eckler has Eckler's been out. Nick Chubb is gone. We've lost so many guys along the way. Already start the season and like. Dude, Zach Moss is like a legit top 10 running back this week. And he's been the last two weeks. And it's like already week four of the 2023 season. Uh, it's crazy. We're going to probably get Jonathan Taylor back, but it's 32 touches. He's lost his week. leverage. That they're winning without him. They don't need Jonathan Taylor. They got Zach Moss running with 32 touches, like... dude. 32 <laughs> touches. So, like, the workhorse back is gone, right? 20... Except for, unless your name is Zach Moss or Kyrie. He's Mulligan. 6K, Dean. He's only 6K. Uh, yeah. It's against the Rams. The Rams on a short week. The Rams have been terrible against the run uh, so far to start the year. He's going to get, I mean, he has so many carries. Obviously, if Anthony Richardson's back, you have the threat of the running quarterback to steal some of those. But we, we, have, we have Zach Moss as a home favorite against 
you know, a team that's allowing 13 rushing points per game to opposing running backs, which is 21st in the league. Uh, you brought him up a couple weeks ago, and you know, yeah, every guy you flippantly bring up because you brought up Thielen last week. I mean, these guys <laughs> they just smashed him. You got the you got the Midas touch. Yeah, um, I mean, look, somebody was telling me last week and on the Sunday show where we do. And so he's like, well, Zach Moss is not good. It's like, I don't care that he's not good. He's he's professionally trained to run the football. He's going to get the ball 25 times. Like, it's all about volume here, right? Like, I don't care if he's not good com- compared to his contemporaries, right? Like, whatever. And, t- and two weeks ago when you called it, he was 4,500, I believe. Like, he was mm-hmm. still so, so cheap. Um, I, I so- tried to do that with Kendry Miller. It did not work out the same. <laughs> I played some Miller, too. I played some Miller, and I played some 4,300. I've made those. dumber decisions. It's crazy because like the Kendra Miller play, like the people that got to Kendra Miller didn't get to to A Chan. It's like yeah. that it was like the same argument though, kind of, except for yeah. you know, you had Mostert still there ahead, but you know, it was kind of similar. At least we had yeah. reporting on Kendry, like yeah. possibly being the hot hand. We we had nothing. We had the ghost of A Chan. That's what I'm mad about. Like, how are we in the year 2023 and like not one dolphins beat like even clued us in on like the epping potentially like part of part of the outcome? One dude had the almanac. He played uh he played Mostert and Achan in the same lineup, which is just insane. I saw that lineup out there, and that was he just came like... from the future. Just, just <laughs> came, came back in time. You know, my son hit me with the first time deeds. My son's 18 and he can play DFS for the first time. Yeah. And he, he told me, he said, Dad, if I could just go back seven hours, I'd want everything. <laughs> that easy. You gotta, you gotta summon your inner Biftain and um yeah how is he enjoying his his first time playing uh dfs i assume he's he's having a blast man he's having a blast yeah yeah that's awesome yeah he's having a good time i'm sure um okay (laughs) other running backs hey kamara's coming back how much do we care about that uh you mentioned miller uh he's not cheap i guess he's kind of like middle of the road 6k or so are they just gonna let him go or not necessarily i mean everything kind of ran out in his favor so far right like these three weeks I mean, you know, Jamal Williams gets hurt. Uh, none of the other guys have been good. Uh, now, you know, you've got Jameis starting. Like it's kind of all worked out in his favor to where they kind of need him. So I don't really have any pushback. It's kind of a wild card. Uh, you know, there was a lot of – obviously, he was part of best shape of his life season this offseason. Everyone's talking yeah. about how explosive he looked and how different it was. Uh, he was as a player the past two years. Um, I've certainly played worse running backs than Alvin Kamara, you know, coming off coming off this three game absence. John, if you got anything out of that, by all means, feel free to touch on it. Um, Madison, I guess, gets one more shot, or we think Acres comes in. What's the story here with Madison and Acres? Or we just we just cross it out and ignore it. Uh, for Kamara, it's interesting because Jameis Winston like isn't hasn't really been that kind of wing it out quarterback under Dennis Allen. Uh, even last year, when these two teams played in week two, uh, they blitzed Jameis Winston on 40% of his dropbacks, and that's what their defense they're playing this year is. Uh, they're blitzing at the league's third highest rate, so you would think they do that again. And Winston only averaged 3.9 yards per attempt. He basically did not throw a deep at all. He was just trying to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible, which in theory would help out Kamara. Uh, and Kamara is off back-to-back seasons, handling 77% of the Saints' backfield touches, so if we get that kind of usage, no Jamal Williams, sure. I could see it at 6,100 on DraftKings, especially when we get the points per reception. And then for Madison, I, I think Cam Akers does sound like he's going to be active. And if that's the case, you would worry because we kind of saw Alexander Madison had the red carpet rolled out for him last week. 
and yet it didn't matter. Like, to not score a touchdown now, to handle 100% of the team's carries inside the five-yard line and still not score a touchdown, um, he's basically Najee Harris in the better offense right now. So I would imagine we see acres. But enough to play him or just like just enough to ignore them both? I, I would think enough to cannibalize both of them, at least in their first game together, unless one of them, acres included, breaks out. But I don't think we can bet on that against the Panthers. The, the Vikings have just been moving the ball through the air. And for Kirk Cousins, someone who regressed basically three years in a row in Minnesota, he actually has been playing significantly better through these first three games. Well, you mentioned the Jameis thing. I miss like Jameis like unleashed where you can like roster Jameis and the defense he plays against. Like that was optimal. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, dude, the 30, 30 season will be remembered forever for me. I'll never <laughs> forget that season. It was the magical time to be alive where you could, you could stack the quarterback with double stacks and play the defense coming back. Amazing. Just the, just an incredible time to be alive. Something I'm going to tell my family about. And the forever. fact he, the fact he ended that season with a walk-off pick six in overtime was <laughs> the was the chef's kiss. It's like you could not have planned that, scripted it any better. And he had LASIK since then, right? And now they reel him in, and they don't let him do his thing. But he was so much fun. And but was it really thirty touchdowns or thirty interceptions? Is that correct? Is that the confirmed number? Is, is yeah. that okay? Perfect. I don't remember was that many interceptions. I knew it was a lot of interceptions. I didn't know it was that many. That's a lot. Um, all right. Anything else as far as running back we should point out, or shall we talk about receiver, Rich? Feel free to mention our well, running you- back you want. Uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, you touched on Miles Sanders a little bit. I think it is a good spot yes. if you're trying to get off the Panthers wide receivers. Again, we'll see which quarterback we get. If we get Dalton, I think both Thielen and Shark could be really fun in this game. Um, but if you want to pivot, Miles Sanders, although he's, he's not doing anything with it, he is getting the opportunity. He's still getting 17 and a half touches, six and a half targets per game. They're using him out wide as well. So the targets are there. Uh, Jerome Ford, I think had promising usage last week. He played 60% of their snaps in the first half. It was very clearly a game plan to, unlike the first two offenses the Titans played, the Browns did not want to run it into the teeth of that front seven. Um, But even then, I mentioned 60% of the snaps. Jerome Ford also ran 13 routes to Kareem Hunt's and Pierre Strong's combined two in the first half. He was their clear player. Whenever he scored his receiving touchdown, he that was a double move because he played wide receiver in high school. Like, he has the receiving chops. And so if we think we're going to revert back into both the receiving back and using him in the running game as their majority running back, um, I think 5,400, he's cheap on both sides, is enough to where we should consider him as an every-touch player. And if you want to get, like, kind of cute, Elijah Mitchell is pretty cheap. You need the touchdown. Um, But if we're trying to fit all these guys... Elijah Mitchell, as they promised, was used in the first half. He had seven touches in the first half, two in the first quarter behind Christian McCaffrey. If you think it's a blowout, maybe you can get there. Yeah, you, you kind of sort of need that blowout. The, the last time, I think they blow the game out too much. Even he was pulled off the field. It was, uh, God, the guy with the initials. So Jordan Mason. Up, oh, maybe I was thinking of somebody else. Who's the guy with the three letters in, in San Fran that was uh, like a Tyrion promising Davis Price. Is he a thing? Is he still a person? No. No, I mean, he, he is a person, so yes, that's confirmed. But. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The one that we should be concerned with. In the, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Hey, okay. But it's like you said as well, the Cardinals have been frisky. They've covered in all three games. So maybe even against this Niners team, they just don't go away. Receivers. Uh, John, you go first as far as some of your favorite receivers we've not yet touched on. We 
talked about the Panthers if you want to get there, and I, I do like Chark quite a bit in this game. Uh, led the teams in route, routes run without Jonathan Domingo, who suffered a concussion last week. And the Vikings are the only defense allowing 120 receiving over 121 receiving yards from the boundary, and they're allowing 171 per game. Uh, Shark also tied for the league high mark and targets 20 yards deep. Again, that's from Dalton. We need Dalton. We don't want Bryce Young, who was 31st in yards per attempt from a clean pocket under center in this game. That just makes it significantly less fun for both sides because I think we get fireworks with Dalton. And then we can keep on testing uh, the Colts secondary against receivers. Puka Nakua, I know it seemed like a letdown for everyone, but still to finish second on that team in targets with seven. Whenever 70 receiving yards is your letdown game and everyone's pissed off yeah. at you, that means you've been doing something amazing. Uh, you could argue at 6,700 on DraftKings, he should be mid-7Ks instead. So I'll go right back to Puka. And then we've seen Michael Pittman now, although we think we're getting Anthony Richardson. I think it's fine anyways. But if it is Gardner Minshew, since Minshew came off the bench in week three or week two, Pittman has soaked up 31% of the team's targets. He's getting heavily targeted by uh, Gardner Minshew. So there's a little skinny stack. Was that in contention, by the way, is the games you're going to feature? Is that like the fourth or fifth game, the Rams versus the Colts? Were you thinking about it? It's interesting, but I, I wanted confirmation about Anthony Richardson. And given Stafford that he doesn't add a rushing floor, and he's still like right around Russ's price, I thought that was more interesting to talk yeah. about. I think All more right. people are going to get the Stafford, too, early in the week than, Ooh. than Ross. That makes it hot. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that it's going to get there for sure. I mean, the Colts are one of these teams you're going to look at for weekly overs uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the Puka stuff is interesting because the Bengals played man coverage on 38% of the snaps on Monday night. It was the highest uh, rate of man coverage the Rams have seen. Puka had zero targets against man coverage. Uh, he was still targeted on 33% of his routes from the Bengals with the zone. So, so far this season, he's been targeted on 39.6% of his routes against zone coverage is 18.8% against man coverage uh are you guys doing math at home that is more than half uh so uh nobody plays uh the the colts play second most zone coverage in the nfl they don't really play any man because they don't have the horses uh literally pun intended on that one they just don't have any viable um secondary pieces right now so like they just sit back they play a lot of shell coverage uh so i think you think puka bounces back you've got your natural skinny with dean's guy zach moss uh still probably underpriced at 6700 uh, I think that's the way to kind of attack that game. Uh, feels like Chris Olave still weekly flies under the radar for DFS. Uh, you know, he hasn't had like a monster game, but he's literally getting there. He's got double-digit targets in every game this season. He just had four games as a rookie with double-digit targets. Uh, we've seen Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and A.J. Brown all go over 100 yards uh, against the Bucs. Um, so, I mean, he just feels like a guy that gets overlooked. He's priced in kind of like a nebulous zone where people either pay up or they go down to the next tier. Uh, yeah, I think Thielen and Shark are interesting if we get Dalton, especially because, like, Thielen it, – it's for both ways. Like Daniel said, like, the Vikings are have allowed the most touchdowns on throws 20 yards or further downfield to wide receivers. Also, they blitz at the league's highest rate, and Adam Thielen has a 28% team target share against the blitz. So it's like both guys could get there if we get Dalton. And then, uh, I mean, the Bengals guys, like, got to be in play, especially on a slate where probably, you know, Tyreek gets a, a lot of ownership. He's in the game of the week again, or one of the games of the week. Um, the Bengals, like I said, they went, went this huge shotgun approach with Burrow because he can't move. 
They've also now used that as a pivot and they've moved the primary target, Jamar Chase, inside. He's now been in the slot for 32% of his snaps after rates of 20% and 14% in his first two years in the NFL. He already has 13 slot receptions. He had just 25 and 16 over his first two seasons in the NFL. It's hurt his depth of target, but he's getting, we have potential for a lot more volume. And then the Titans are just getting absolutely crushed by every wide receiver, pick a wide receiver, play a wide receiver against the Titans. Uh, So, I mean, if, if it's, a, it's a situation to where Chase against the Titans like is not going to be as heavily rostered as he should. I mean, I'm, I'm we gotta go, we gotta go to it. I have I have Chase in my pool as well because they've shown this is a third year in a row now where they have shown that's the one player they will move around and concertedly give him targets. Um, as a rookie, whenever he was beating everyone deep, and they finally and defenses started bracketing him, they just moved him closer to the line of scrimmage and, and lowered his A dot and said, "We'll get you targets that way." Last year, whenever he came back from injury and T Higgins was still um hobbled afterwards th- that's when they started pounding jamar chase for 13 and a half targets per game like they will always find ways to feed him and so now if joe burrow is just limping around it doesn't matter we saw that on monday night they still just drag jamar chase in and say okay get your targets this way and do what you do so chase certainly yeah should be in everyone's pool yeah because they, they can't run the ball against anybody and like let alone the titan <laughs> you don't have to but Ideally, you want to run it back. Is there a run back on Tennessee we feel like mildly? God, no. with? A, a, no. Yeah. <laughs> a, a Kunk Wu. Burks is really, really cheap. Is it? Is Burks not happening? What's the deal with Burks? Why is he not have you watched the issue? Titans play theme this year? No, I tried like outside, to, outside of playing the Chargers. They're not in the red zone very often. They aren't in the red zone. <laughs> They're not in the red zone. I've seen uh, their defense. It's not good. And Bur- Burks' target share like increased for these last two games because I think because DeAndre Hopkins just isn't practicing and still hobbled by his ankle injury, but no one's getting there. You can't play Hopkins on his 24% target share. Chico Conco has been dropped in some of these $2,000 like high stakes fantasy leagues I'm in and no one's racing to pick him up because you can't play him. So what does it matter? Okay. So just, you don't, you don't, obviously you don't have to, you don't have to run it back and it's yeah. You can the more we all, the more we all like run the Sims and try to get smarter, except for me who didn't play Chargers Vikings, uh, the more we realize that we're just stacking good offenses and you don't need the run back unless it's also a good option. For the Titans, it's not a good option. No, I mean, I do think like the, the meta has changed a little bit in recent years where a lot of people just try to get a game right for their fantasy lineup mm-hmm. instead of, you know, building out what maybe necessarily be like a really good solid like roster they're just literally trying to get the game right and if the game goes nuclear you win money yeah i mean the thought process is uh you know get one thing right as opposed to getting eight things right what's right what's easy hit one side or total as opposed to like an 18 parlay what's easier to do right um so i, I get it uh all right let's talk about tight ends speaking of, of getting things right we're going to get most of these wrong because they're all tight ends and there's no they correct answers. We are in an all-time yeah. bad tight end run out. But we're only 3 weeks in, but holy shit this position, like kill this position with fire. There's no I mean, Kelsey this week, so not on the main slates. Uh Hawkinson, Andrews, Goddard, Higby, Fryermuth, Kittle. Are we excited? John, you, you want to chime in here as far as some uh, some tight ends? I mean, I don't want to. Uh, just the fact that we already were talking about like Dawson Knox is a significantly better play over Dalton Kincaid because of how they're being used. Uh, the Kincaid syndrome has kind of trickled down to everyone. 
Dallas Goddard's being sucked in shallow to the line of scrimmage. TJ Hawkinson's getting there on receptions, but still has a four and a half a dot because he also is just seeing 80% of his targets within nine yards of the line of scrimmage. They're not sending him out deep. And why would you, whenever you have Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson, you don't want TJ Hawkinson running those deep routes. And that's just kind of happening with every single tight end. Uh, I don't know who's popping over in the models there, but I'm sure like Pat Briarmouth, 3,400 probably rings a bell if you want to play with Kenny Pickett or just try to even pivot off of Najee Harris for tournaments. Uh, yeah, man, it's ugly. You want to know? I'll tell you, I'll tell you who's hitting the most optimals on both Fandle and DK. And as always, grain of salt Wednesday night, uh, Fandle 31% Dalton Schultz. God, no. 28%, nah, uh, 26% Higby. What is Dalton Schultz projecting for that? Like he's getting like ownership. Okay. Uh, he's like, he has like 50 receiving yards this year. He's four, six. Understand like four, six is really useful. Yeah. Four, five. Man. Yeah. So like, yeah, where he's projecting for 6.9 points. So that's not great, Fair but enough. it's Man, like what can he, gets he can he get six, nine on FanDuel? There's no way. Right. <laughs> he doesn't even have six nine this year, does he? He's got five uh, a nine yard touchdown. He's there. <laughs> he, has, he has five catches for forty seven yards through three games. So that is seven and a half FanDuel points through three games. He's, he's fourth on the team in target share the past two weeks without Noah Brown because they just <laughs> they just put Tank Dell in there instead, and they're like, oh, we don't have to give Schultz these targets anymore. So he's projecting for literally ninety percent of his season long points. Maybe but, this. Yeah. Maybe Dean, this should be the new pick. We're just picking. I I think this should be the new bit. Dean is us just poking holes in every tight end, not picking. Yes, them. instead of trying well, to build them be up. Correct. It's going to be correct most of the time. It's just don't play any. <laughs> I mean, of course, DK Fandle, they will not take your submission because you have to actually give a tight end. And six nines, not a great. It's not a good projection, but it's not no, what no, Schultz yeah. does. It's, it's what like, he allows you to get. Is the and basically the, the model is saying. Tight end stinks yeah. and just don't play any, just just literally take a zero is what they're telling you. Take a zero yeah. at tight end. These <laughs> <laughs> are probably gonna be wrong anyway. Uh, 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 Dave and Joku, like we lost him. Like he's not getting targets. Uh Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper are forming their own little pad with 51% of the team's targets. So like David and Joku's at an 11% target share. He hasn't seen five targets in any game yet this year, so we can't pay down for him. Uh it's ugly, man. You, uh, John, you mentioned Fryermuth, and he's getting the most on DK right now. 39% of the optimals I made, um, and 22% go into Goddard. Goddard feel like, feels like he has not been very uh, involved, just kind of watching the games. But yeah, he's going cheap. back he's to four, last four. year, too, for him, too. I mean, Andrews, even DK, is like begging you to play him. They made him 5-4. Um, is Flowers hurting him? I mean, he came back from injury. He scored a touchdown his first game back, and then just last week, it's like we just have very limited sample. It's a new offense, too, for him uh, mm -hmm. as well. So, I mean, just, I think it's just small sample stuff with him. I still think he's going to have a really high target share as the course goes on because it looks like Bateman's never happening. He's hurt again. Odell's hurt. Um, yeah. Yeah. I got a couple bad ones. I mean, well, I got one real <laughs> bad one. Uh, give me give me the worst one. What do you got? Yeah, for it's it, it maybe if you're making Daigle stack earlier, it's uh Logan Thomas. Um oh. he's 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 been targeted on 22% of his routes before he had the concussion. He actually caught a touchdown on the concussion, was well on his way that game. Uh we have targeted the middle of the field against the Eagles. Uh they did get Reed Blankenship back last week, but obviously they lost Nicobe Dean. Uh they lost Devontae Maddox. Like their middle of the field defense is kind of the area we want to target them. 
Um, they did get James Bradbury last week back. So if we are going to get like this huge run out, I can kind of like stretch it. Uh, they've allowed eight and a half yards per target to tight ends and 82% catch rate to position. Uh, he's the one. I think people will still get to Jake Ferguson. He's not running a lot of routes, but his quality of life is very good. Um, <laughs> and like the, like he, he, only tra- only Travis yeah, only Travis Kelsey has been targeted at a higher rate <laughs> per route run than Jake Ferguson, and it's all red zone targets. Uh, he's got eight red zone targets. He's got a thirty five percent team target share in the red zone, which is second among all tight ends. And like, if we're just trying to luck box into a touchdown. Like he fits the profile. But were you doing I, a bit there with Kelsey and Ferguson because they're both uh, have famous girlfriends now or uh, women they're tied to? Or does he have a famous girlfriend? Who is Jake Ferguson dating? Yeah, I just saw a drop today. One of the uh, the Cavender twins that played for the Miami Heat, the oh, women's basketball yeah. team. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's what you were doing. It just sort of worked out that way because you mentioned Great. Kelsey. I did not know life. that. That was news. You said news to me. of life. I'm like, that, that's what I thought you were referencing. Well, I meant his target quality, but also. <laughs> Good for his, him. his quality of life's improved as well. It's like it's like Micah I would said. Debo doesn't play too. Then because Kid, Kittle literally anytime one of those guys misses a game, Debo or Ayuk, he's good. And when they're both on the field, he you know, like has thirty yards. And we saw it again last week. So if like Debo seems like legitimately kind of banged up early in the week, it'll be curious to see if he gets like a a, a load management game uh, this week. Uh, but if there's no Debo, then he gets interesting. Because the Cardinals are the on the flow chart again. They've had a tight end one score all three <laughs> games. They're on the they're back. They're back in our hearts. I can't believe the flow chart is still like a real thing like ten years later. That's for the Cardinals. Chart for the Cardinals. Everything else has changed, but the flow chart it's still still real. Uh, John, you got a final word as far as uh, as far as tight ends before we move on and talk about our our nonsense. We gave the people 120 minutes, 120 minutes, an hour and 20 minutes of you know hard hitting analysis for week four. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, movies before we step aside and get out of here. We certainly encourage you guys to stay with us, but uh, you know, if you want to leave, by all means, <laughs> understood. Un- but uh, yeah, go ahead. Under- 120 minutes of two games we're confident in, and three games whose quarterbacks we may be scared of. Yes. Oh, Broncos! <laughs> Maybe I cannot uh, wait for this game. Uh, I may, I may, in Russ lineups, I may play Troutman. He's just right down there. What? He's running the routes. There's He's no not way. getting. He's not getting the targets. I may play Troutman because it's so bad. Don't even care anymore. Just fill the tight end spot. Are By the way, Troutman played Julian Hill. On this dude, Julian Hill. Well, he's got to be 2,500. <laughs> Julian is 2,500. Troutman's 2,800. Uh, if you're playing Fandle, Troutman is 4-3. We talked about how, how useful those I are. may play Troutman. Oh, he's, my God. He just he's out, he's out there. Now, yes, he's turned his three targets on 78% of routes the last two weeks into zero catches and zero yards. That's never good, but he's cheap and he's out there with Russ against the Bears. I may play him. All right, let's uh, let's bring in producer Steve. Producer Steve won our 100 man, and again, if you want to participate this week going forward, do check out the pinned, uh, the pinned comment on, on YouTube. Also, uh, if for some reason you didn't hear it before and you're hearing it now, and that would be weird because you probably heard the entire podcast, but why would you hear just this? But if you somehow missed it earlier, Cookie Monster Rules. Cookie Monster Rules, you won the uh, the initial contest last week. Uh, make a comment there on YouTube or find me on Twitter at DFS underscore Almanac. We want to get you that month free of RG Premium. Producer Steve coming in, uh, you had recommended that we watched uh, Space Jam. We all watched Space Jam for the very first time. It wasn't your first time, though, right, Steve? 
No, not my first time. I, I really picked it because I knew it was a movie you hadn't seen yet, and you've seen everything. Yeah, it was a hole in my game for whatever reason. I never really saw it, and uh, and I, I felt like I was too old to see it for the first time. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I saw it. I'm, I'm glad you recommended it. I'm glad, I'm glad you checked that uh, checked that box for me. We were talking about a little bit pre-show as well. I know Rich had some deep thoughts as far as Space Jam as well. But uh, Rich, uh, this wasn't your first time, right? You saw Space Jam many years ago. No, I mean this movie came out when I was 14. Like, like this this was like the strike zone. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I don't, I want to talk about the stuff around this movie at that time first of all, because yeah, obviously the soundtrack is huge, but. This brought back, like, remember the Looney Tunes around, like, all the gear, like, at that, like, in that, like, the mid-90s, like, the team, the team shirts, remember, like, the big baggy shirts where it, like, had them, you'd get, like, whatever team it was, uh, and you did, they just swap in the, the logos on them, and you have the front and the back shirts, like, because the Looney Tunes, when I was a, a kid, they were on, and obviously we watched the reruns, but they disappeared for, like, a 10-year gap. And they were just like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring Michael Jordan's comeback and we're going to tie that back with the Looney Tunes and we're going to put this together. Uh, and Because this movie made so much off merchandising. I think it literally made over a billion dollars on merchandising. It's like one of the few movies. Uh, so it was just like that phenomenon between the soundtrack and the merchandise, even before we get to the movie, was such it had such a big culture impact that I'm sure did not touch you, Dean, at the time. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, watching it now, like, and you, you see, like, they mentioned uh, Nike and they mentioned Gatorade, and you know, everything is sort of tied in, obviously. I uh, I had a couple questions. I'm going to reserve them. I want to see what John has to say first as far as his take for Space Jam. I have a couple questions regarding casting. Uh, just, I'm confused. But, uh, John, what do you got as far as Space Jam? I looked it up afterwards and I didn't realize it grossed because I was so curious about how it did in theaters. Because uh, I could see it going either direction since I don't recall it coming out like Rich did. And it grossed 250 million, over 250 million worldwide in theaters. Like, that's incredible. In the 90s, in the mid 90s. So, like, it's, it's incredible. Um, to me, Dean, again, this goes back to you. Like, your, your opinion is most important because you haven't seen it. But I do remember. Every road trip, because my my parents are, and this is why it trickles down to me as a nomad too. My parents were big road trip people. Um, we yeah. even we even drove from Dallas, Texas, one summer to Niagara Falls, down to Disney World, and back over. Like we were those kind of family during the summer. Oh, nice. And I I remember there was a summer where, dude, I'm not kidding. For 14 hours in a car probably 13 hours I listened to the Space Jam soundtrack. It was the coolest thing <laughs> I ever heard. Like that was my introduction to hip hop was the Space Jam soundtrack. It was <laughs> it was the coolest thing I ever heard as a child just everywhere in my CD player. So that well, was our my Kelly, our well, yeah. I is the first one I can think of. Well, what else yeah. what else was on there? What else is on the soundtrack? I have not like that I can you know call up in my head for some reason. But what was even your go-to? Even the the credit title, the uh Welcome to the Space Jam, like that theme song. Yeah it opens the album and that's like the it's like holy shit like this is what we have going for us like let's get this thing going now it's amazing so first one of my questions was this came out in 1996 uh how was Shaq not involved how did nobody call Shaq Shaq is like a human John Bradley right yeah, well, this is my I have so many issues and it wasn't cast. even John Bradley at first it was George Murasan was cast what and like George Mirasan was supposed to be Sean Bradley and he had to go 
home to what I forgot what country George Rivers in. Well, so Romanian. He was Romanian. He had to go back to Romania for something. Like something happened. Like something was happening in that country that he had to go back for, and he could not do the filming. So they they basically needed a seven foot six, seven foot seven guy. Essentially, was the and Manupol wasn't available. And then, all right, I guess we'll call Sean Bradley. Um, yeah, but I was thinking like, how is Shaq not involved in this? And like he made blue chips in 1994, and then I was thinking, no way, he made Kazam in 1996. Did Shaq possibly say no to Space Jam to make Kazam? Like, is that something that might have happened? I don't know. Yes. And, uh, that's the only well, he thing he said no to in his life, if so. Otherwise, he cashes that paycheck. Yeah, the general. Like, stop endorsing the general. They're robbing people. <laughs> Shaq, had a, Shaq had such a unique – people forget, like, acting Shaq when he was, like, actually, like, the lead and stuff. And then he, he rapper Shaq. Uh, like, he's, he's worn many hats. I, I remember once – one time I saw a video floating around on Twitter of – him being in a Japanese game show where he was driving me a go-kart around. And I was this like, this, this is awesome, but it's also not shocking at all because it's Shaq. So I, I met Shaq and uh, he he literally was, he was so big that I actually felt sorry for him. Like he was so much bigger in person than, I, than you even think. So you know, he's huge. But I actually like when he was so big that I actually thought like this dude's life just how it's like just not normal. Like, yeah. like he can't do anything normal when you're that big. He seems to embrace it though. He does yeah, an incredible yeah. he's, job. He's with massive it. though. He's yeah. <laughs> now he's DJ Diesel. Yeah, he's DJ Diesel. He's so, living a great life. His quality of life also strong. Yes. You mentioned Sean Bradley, and I was thinking, like, what is the window of like let's call Sean Bradley? Because this guy, I know he stuck around in the NBA for like 12 years or so, but there was a window of like, oh, this guy is super, super interesting. And then like, oh wait, this guy is terrible at basketball. And that was like, I don't know, like three <laughs> or four months. And it was somewhere in those three or four months, they say, let's call Sean Bradley. Like you said, I guess George Murison. When Murison's ahead of you in, in the pecking order, by the way, that's not a good sign because Murison, you know, wasn't a spectacular basketball player. Uh, also, the the makeup of the Monstars, um, this is this, this bothered me. Okay, they got a point guard in Muggsy Bogues. I get it, right? You got a center in Sean Bradley. Two centers, Patrick Ewing. You got two more bigs, Bar Barkley and Larry Johnson. There's no wings. There's no twos. There's no threes. You want to know like, why the Monstars lost? <laughs> and there's no wings. There's no three-point shooting. You know, it's the construction of the team. I, I don't know who uh, who constructed this team. They did a poor job is all I'm saying. E-Wing e was more of a four. Like, he was a floatable Ewing? four or five. Ewing was a five. Oakley he, was the four. He was kind of a power forward, though. He could have he could sub in it like that. Uh, so, yeah. That, what that what was, are your opinions, I, though, of the movie beyond the structure of their lineup? <laughs> I just want to complain yeah. about that. Uh, I thought it was fine. Like, I, I, I thought it was perfectly fine. If I was 10 years old and I was watching it for the first time, I, I would have loved it. I would have loved it. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and hate on it. You know, it was perfect. I, there was a, a fun little Pulp Fiction, like a five-second Pulp Fiction uh, montage or homage with uh, Yosemite Sam, which I appreciated. The little uh, John Travolta, Sam Jackson, they had the, the music playing as well. I'm not sure if that made the soundtrack. You would confirm that, John. But uh, it, it was a nice little moment during the game. Bill Murray, I got Bill Murray. I got Danny DeVito, which I appreciated. Little little Wayne Knight. So uh, a lot of Wayne, Wayne, Knight. Wayne Knight was popping. I think Wayne Knight was third on the on the his third on the call sheet, the billing on that movie. <laughs> he was popping at the time. That was right off, you know, Jurassic Park and uh, what he was on two sitcoms at that time. Uh, yeah, Wayne Knight was living his best life. Seinfeld and what? What was his second sitcom he was on? Was he on was was he on Third Rock from the Sun or he was on that one other? He was on something else big. 
I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure we had like a spinoff after Seinfeld or whatever, and it just didn't work like all the other spinoffs. But yeah, um, he was living his best life. He got eaten on uh, Jurassic, which, by the way, side note, I watched Jurassic Park for the first time about a year ago or so. Too. Yeah, that's that's absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I yeah. think I think it holds up. I still think this movie is a lot of fun. Um, and maybe I rebranded it for my brain because I also then, what I did last night, guys, this was my fun Tuesday night, was after I watched Space Jam, I was like, oh, maybe maybe I need to watch the new Space Jam just to make sure. And I okay. rewatched I rewatched LeBron Space Jam, and you want to talk about opposite spectrums of movies. I mean, the LeBron one is the biggest piece of garbage you have ever seen. Nothing makes sense. It's all advertising. Even the game of basketball and the Monstars aren't fun whatsoever. But I think the Monstars and like the Michael Jordan Space Jam is a lot of fun. Can I just say like nostalgia? Nostalgia is undefeated. And like in an alternate sure. universe, what if you watch the LeBron one first and watch the Jordan one second? I'm not here to defend it. I've not seen the LeBron one. It's probably it's, not great. I don't know. Even the even the chats agreeing saying yes, the new Space Jam is just brutal. It is. But it's because of nostalgia. You, you're subconsciously like you can't like it as much. Like, well, how how many sequels, how many remakes do you like more than the original? Did you watch the remake, The White Man Can't Jump? If you did, I bet you didn't like it. No, I can't. So I'm not, too not as much as the original. <laughs> I mean, I'm this movie doesn't doesn't hold up for me as well as it did. Obviously, a lot of the stuff that came out in the '90s doesn't. Well, it, it's also like this movie is shot by a person that didn't make movies. It's a, literally a guy who made all Michael Jordan's commercials, Hell yeah. uh, and that's why it looks the way it does, especially early on, like the first half. Um, and then you, you, you think about too, like Michael Jordan is like legitimately good in like the first like half hour of this movie, but then when he has to do like acting with just like i don't even know how they did it like how they filmed everything with the yeah. you know with the cartoons because it was the mid 90s and not now it's uh, like roger rabbit but it definitely like his acting gets significantly worse as it goes on it's not really his fault uh i mean jordan was so big but that movie the movie is literally about nothing like there's nothing yeah. about there's there's no message for this movie at all it's literally like we're trying <laughs> to bring the looney tunes back and michael jordan's coming back let's like just market this and make a bunch of bunch of money <laughs> who was the best also the lola bunny actor. stuff does not is not good it's very 90s all of her stuff it's it, you know yes very 90s very 90s <laughs> it, they did clean her up in the new one they made it more appropriate <laughs> So who was the best actor athlete? I would say Muggsy. Muggsy made me laugh. I, I enjoyed Muggsy. Oh, Bird. Larry Bird's by far the best dude in this movie that, that's a non-actor. I thought okay. Barkley was fine. I thought Barkley was good. Yeah, it was cool seeing those old scenes too. Like, And I, I love them like acting when they got zapped with the, the old switcheroo of the, of the superpowers. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that part. Like Ewing at the free throw line was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, Ewing, you. Ewing gets a good bits. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I watched it. So I'm, I'm glad uh, Steve uh, recommended it. Uh, let's go ahead and knock out this week's recommendation. I've not run anything by you guys this week, which I probably should have. I had a few uh, that I was thinking about, uh, but this one's no longer streaming anywhere, so I'm going to throw that out. I can always go back to The Drop, which I almost gave you guys last week, The Drop starring Tom Hardy and James, James Gandolfini. I know uh, John Daigle is a big fan of crime. It is a crime movie, but this is what I'm leaning. Um I'm leaning, you guys probably never seen this before. Has anybody seen American Animals by chance? It's a movie that plays on Amazon Prime. It might be an Amazon Prime original. It's based on a true story. It's a heist movie. Who doesn't love a heist movie? What are they trying to steal? A book. That sounds like a lot of fun, right? I'm telling you, it's awesome. Have you seen it before, John? I see you nodding your head. No, no, but heist and crime, I love. 
It is based on a true story, and I don't want to give anything away as far as how the story, how it's told, but it's really, really clever how you know it's based upon a true story and just how it's told. And I'm telling you, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Like they're trying to, they're essentially stealing a book out of a school library. I think it was uh, in Kentucky, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's highly ranked on the old Rotten Tomatoes. Rich, have you seen American Animals on Amazon Prime? I've not. Uh, and it right. seems like that's our gone because you built up a, a sales pitch for it. Well, that's the pitch. I mean, I had a couple more. I know, I know John uh, was a big fan of uh, a former Paul Giamatti movie, Sideways. Uh, I wonder if you've seen American Splendor because that Harvey Picar role was spectacular. Uh, I, I just uh, I enjoy me some Paul Giamatti, but I, I'm not sure. Have you seen that before, John? Have you seen uh, American Splendor by chance? I haven't, but honestly, I get excited whenever I'm in last place and you win because your movies hit all the right notes for me. I, I enjoy going down like me and books and music. It's hard. I have to actually put in work to find new things. Uh, I wish I had a Dean app. It's like, what does what movie does Dean recommend for me? Because that's I always end up enjoying it. I don't want to be too neat, like niche, niche, niche. Uh, but yeah, I want to have it like a broad appeal. And I think American Animals, while it doesn't sound like a fun movie, I promise you, it's a fun movie. It's a suspenseful movie. It's a heist movie. And I think you guys will enjoy it. I was going to go with the outfit. Has anybody seen the outfit? It was playing on Amazon Prime, but it's no longer available. But mm -hmm. uh, it was just came out last year and. It's another. It's a mystery thriller, and uh, British, but like it's excellent. It was one of my favorite movies the last couple of years, and if it comes back around uh, where it's available somewhere, I'll probably recycle that one. But uh, I guess it's American Animals. That's where we're going with yep. American Animals on Amazon Prime. I assume most people have that. Watch along with us. Let us know what you think of it in the comment section going forward. Let us know what movie we should recommend next in the comment section too, because I'm always willing to take uh, recommendations. With that said, that is week four. Week four is in the books. Rich, tell the people. I mean, by now, obviously, they know. What if they don't? There's one person that doesn't. Where can they find your stuff? Yeah, sharpurpleanalysis.com. This week, uh, as you people listen to this, probably on Thursday, uh, however many points are scored in the Thursday night game, we do this promo every year, uh, will be the percentage uh, off everything at the site. So if there's 100 points scored tomorrow, it'll use points 100, and it's, that's <laughs> literally uh, you get everything for free. But I don't think we'll get 100 points, but obviously. The first year we did it, there were like 54 points or something scored, uh, and it was it was a, a good time. Sharp, I'm sure, loved it. <laughs> he was, Yeah, and it was – you know what it was? It was the first year we, we he opened the site, and it was, it was Jets, Broncos, Trevor Simeon was starting, and if you remember this game, uh, Sam Darnold had like a 60-yard touchdown run. It was like the most insane like run. Like it's like Sam Darnold. Like Sam Darnold had this play, uh, and like it, it just this game just popped. It got real weird. Melvin Gordon had like a long touchdown run. There was like a bunch of stuff going on, and yeah, he was like excited for how like the first half went, and like he you know he wanted the promo to be something. You don't want to just be like a 10 to three game and do nothing. Sure. But then it started to like rack up points, and he was like, oh, like he might want to stop scoring. You want about like 40 points. That's like the optimal number, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, J Daigle on Twitter. And then, of course, if you're in the redraft streets, you can still use the promo code Daigle for 25% off. It's not too late because it's a long season. We're just in week four. My waiver column's up. I'm actually – I just got some notifications. I'm getting text because people found out in the high-stakes leagues that I was going – 35 to 40% on Josh Palmer. And now uh, they closed and I'm seeing that 
we have some like 511, 559 bids for Josh Palmer if you still have waivers out there because Quentin Johnston was drafted everywhere. So yeah, waiver column still out there. And then also before we get out of here, because it's already hour 40, who cares anymore? Um, Something else I saw this week, if someone's going to theaters, a friend invited me to go to my first Bali movie uh, and it's called Jawan. Dean, are you aware of Jawan? No, uh, I'm not aware of Jawan. It is, so a Bali movie, it is obviously involves dancing and music to go along with action. It's three hours long. There's intermission to go along with this dancing and confetti and everything. And it genuinely, if you ask me to describe it, because the the actor, uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but as my friend told me, quote, Indian Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, it starts out with a heist, but then there's also a marriage, a car fighting scene in there. Um, there's costumes. It was the wildest thing I have ever watched in my lifetime. So if any of that interests you to sit down for Bali, John Wick meets Fast and the Furious, uh, it's called Jawan. It's in theaters now. Yeah. Have you watched uh, RRR? That's no, I, I haven't. The Is it same actor? About it. Uh, that's a good question. No. Now it's also it's three hours and I'm told it's like nonstop action. And I've yeah, it's amazing. It's in my, my queue. Okay. Well, that's what, that? that's what Jawad was. It was incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay. I'm going to watch that then. Yeah. It's like three hours. Just so you know, RR is also like three hours, I believe. So carve out some time uh, for American animals for RRR. Uh, do appreciate y'all sticking with us. This is uh, Rich Rebar. It's John Daigle, producer Steve. Rotor Grinders, I was Dean. Join the Listener League. It's going to be at the pinned comment over there on the YouTube. Crush Week 4. Thanks for listening. Hit the like button. We're out of here. Holler!